right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with another movie in our J-Horror category. And Fox picked this one. What'd you pick? Oh, I did. I picked 1999's Audition. I was questionable about like how spooky this movie would get from that title. I was like, hmm, an audition. (laughs) I don't know if it gets spooky, but it gets very disturbing. It does, you know, and the way I came across this movie was like 10-year-old Fox is just watching TV one night, minding his own business, you know, watching like top 100 horror movies. And this one pops up in there in like the top 10, and they decide it's okay to be showing people jumping on needles. Wait, what? On public television. <laughs> I'm surprised they showed it. That's crazy. Was like seared into my brain for years. And then this year in March, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to face it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I did not find this movie as a, a wee lad. Probably would have scarred me. I've probably just been bored most of it. If I watched it as a youngin, the first half, yeah, for especially, it does, yeah, I would think I would be disturbed by the end, though, man. Yep, I went into this movie. I didn't even read the description, so I went in completely blind. I knew nothing about this, and very, very disturbing build up to the end of this movie. So, but we'll get into it. There will be spoilers about audition. There will be. So be wary. Yeah, if you're if you're worried about it, go watch it and come back. And if you're not, well, stay. I demand it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you're feeling. But, but Fox, tell us a little bit about Audition. What is this movie? Well, Audition is a movie about a widower. Ayama, is that how you say his name? Ayama, yeah, I think it's Ayama. Shigiharu, that's easier. <laughs> Shigiharu is easier. <laughs> they call him Ayama the whole movie, though. So he's a movie producer, right? And uh, his son suggests he finds a new wife. So Shigiharu and his buddy stage a phony audition to meet a new woman. And the one he lands on might have more to her than she reveals in her audition. Hmm. Yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. Um, We've talked about another one of this director, uh, Takashi Miike's movies, on the podcast. It was 13 Assassins. Ooh, that's a good one. Weird. I didn't realize that was him. Apparently, this guy has, like, a ton of movies he's made. He apparently made, like, 15 movies in one year once. So he's kind of insane and a legend in, I guess, Japanese uh, cinema because he directs this, but he also directs some like family friendly movies too. So he does all kinds of stuff. He's all over the place. Yeah, I know he did. Uh, if you guys have ever heard of the Masters of Horror series, um, like it was like a thing where they got all these like famous horror directors and they like just let them pretty much do whatever they wanted. Um, then they aired him on where it was Showtime, I think is what it was on. But his was the only episode that never, it was like banned. They could not air his episode. Ooh. <laughs> he is known for some gore. I did watch it actually a while back. It was the first, well, I didn't realize 13 Assassins was him, but I thought it was my first movie of his. And oof, man, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really like it. Pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't mind gore and stuff, you know. I mean, it makes me like ugh, squirm in my seat. But yeah, I, this this one was just like, ugh, felt like a lot of extremes going on here. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's wild. I can see exactly why it was not aired on American television. Well, let's talk about audition here. Um, got spoilers coming, but wait, what did you guys think about audition? I don't know 
I'm in the same boat, Dan. <laughs> I was waiting for more, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's all you get. <laughs> I've been sitting on this for months, waiting to hear what you guys had to say. <laughs> I'll go ahead, I guess. I liked it, I think, you know. It was interesting. It was weird. It gets pretty, like, gnarly, but not as bad as I expected. After watching that thing I was talking about earlier, the Masters of Horror thing, this is not nearly as bad as that. So, I mean... It, I was expecting it to be super extreme, and it still does get pretty gnarly, but he does kind of like cut away from the stuff I would have expected him to like show me. It's definitely not as gory as like 13 Assassins or Blade of the Immortal, that's for sure. More intense, though, you could argue, than, than um, Blade of the Immortal, at least, but uh, I don't know. Gore is a weird one for me, because I, I like it when it's used properly in movies, I guess. Like in, like, Hostel, I know we reviewed that. I'd say that's, like, it doesn't earn it, really, in that movie, but something like this, I'd say it does earn it. Or, like, 13 Assassins, even. That one earns it, because that one's, like, two and a half hours of build-up until the end with all the gore and the huge fight. And this is kind of similar. It's not two and a half hours of build-up. It's, like... Two hours, 15 minutes of build-up to a torture scene at the end, <laughs> so. Hey, speaking of uh, Hostel, just kind of a fun little trivia sidebar, Eli Roth said this was one of the inspirations for Hostel. Yeah, I, I can, <laughs> I see he got one part of that right. <laughs> yeah. He was in Hostel. Takashi Miike was in there? He was the business guy at the end, yeah, that was going to the factory or whatever. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's another connection. We've covered some of his stuff, his acting work even. It's all coming together. This has been building up for a long time. You could say he auditioned himself for this uh, review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm not sure how I feel about this movie quite yet. I wish I would have watched it sooner because I just watched this movie last night. I wish I would have watched it sooner so I had more time to process it. Um... For me, this movie kind of made me think of, like, Human Centipede vibes. I mean, granted, it's a much better movie than Human Centipede on every aspect. But both of those movies, I don't really know how I feel about them. <laughs> because they're just so, like, different from everything else I've watched. And out there, I don't know how to express what I feel about the movies, you know, super well. I will say I really like how the movie kind of uh, builds up very slowly. Like, it, it doesn't feel like a horror movie for about half of this movie, I would say. And I kind of like that, how it isn't like... It's, like, kind of goofy. Like, they're having, like, these weird montages and stuff. The music's kind of, like, happy-go-lucky. It almost feels like a rom-com when it starts, which is kind of weird. I mean, that's what the premise suggests it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really cool how he, like, subtly, like, creeps into this, yeah darkness and it's like they're it's kind of like pulling the wool over our, our eyes as an audience even a little bit just like he pulled the wool over his own eyes about this woman and just like he is pulling the wool over her eyes he thinks to this woman kind of yeah that's completely right tv because like i said i hadn't read anything about this movie so i didn't know how it was gonna end and for the first like good chunk of this movie i was like how is this gonna be a horror movie and then I kind of figured out something was going to happen with her, but I didn't know she was going to be like a serial killer and how intense that was going to get when that stuff started happening. I had to like take a break. It was making me so uncomfortable. There's a, there's a point when he calls her and she's just sitting there and then you see her raise her head up and smile. And then you're like, oh boy, that's when the shift starts. So that <laughs> <Exactly>. was good. <laughs> and that bag like starts jumping when that happens too that Ooh. thing was real good too just wondering what was in there yeah i just love that because i think we do get a couple glimpses before of her just like sitting at home alone you're like something is really weird about this girl obviously and then yeah when shirt's creepy smile just goes you're like uh oh this ain't good this is bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was a great scene that gives, gives you the chills when you see it I do really appreciate that, like, I mean, you know, this this did kind of come before the massive gore porn, torture porn wave of the 2000s, ever so slightly. But I feel like it actually has something to say 
it's not just a parade of horrible images. There's like a purpose and a meaning that I think everybody, I, I would guess a lot of people interpret it pretty differently. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, yeah, a lot of like the 2000s stuff, like we reviewed, what was it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake a while back, and that was just felt nasty to be nasty, you know, and I mean, this one honestly isn't, it is pretty gnarly, but it's not as nasty as, it doesn't go quite that far, it goes pretty far, but like, you know, it it doesn't feel like it's unearned to me at least, you know, whereas the other one was like, you're just trying to gross me out, you know, and it's just making me feel gross. Yeah, something I noticed that this movie does a lot better than all the like Western gore porn movies um, is you actually care about the main character. Like he's a, a single dad because his wife died. He's got a son. You can tell he's lonely um, and he's looking for love out there. And so you like learn to care about his character. And then we watch terrible things happen to him. <laughs> And him slowly lose his sanity and everything over this girl. And yeah, it's all to that buildup at the end, which is very horrifying and unsettling because you kind of care about the character. It's something I've noticed so far, just watching the ones we have. The, a big difference between the East and West in these horror movies is the West really idolizes the... um villains right we have like freddy we've got jason leatherface that's his name leatherface michael myers all that where all these at least these three j horrors i've watched they really focus more on the main character and don't really idolize the um the bad guy so much i think it leads to a better movie even if it doesn't have as much sticking power as the horror icons from the West. Yeah, I mean, they've got their own, like, The Ring. They brought her back, like, three or four times, The Grudge, you know. But they're not, you're right, though, they're not, like, the same. They don't, they're not approached the same way as, say, like, the slasher villains or the famous ones and that kind of thing. I, I do think Asami might kind of have, like, a slasher-esque persona going on in the cult horror world, though. Because, I mean, she's a pretty, I, I mean, at least I would say she's pretty iconic out of this movie got a very specific way she goes about things and has that creepy smile i could see them yeah making sequels with her over and over again they, they could do that with about anybody though i mean like ring well i haven't watched any of those i'm just i'm just show i i'd assume the ring and grudge sequels they've done are not as good uh well the grudge they, i think it depends. I mean, the first Grudge movie is technically called, like, The Curse or something like that. And The Grudge is actually the third one in the series, and I think that's my favorite. So, I mean, so it, I don't know. That depends. I haven't seen any of the Ring sequels, though, so I have no idea. I think the paradigm, though, that, yeah, in the West we, like, idolize these slasher figures is accurate, though. I mean, it's like they're not idolizing over there. It's maybe kind of like that nature thing we talked about in the last movie, how there's, like, these evil forces, but they're just part of nature. They just exist. They keep coming back, but they're not idolized. It's interesting. I do like this approach better, I think. Well, generally, I do like those cheesy slashers and stuff, too. But it's it's a nice change of pace. This is a better movie, but it doesn't mean that the others don't have their place for being fun. Right. Yeah, this isn't trying to be fun, I would say. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> this movie, like, blends a lot of different genres, too. It seems like to me, like it's got romance, it's got drama, it's got horror in it, where I would assume like those other movies are more focused on like just the horror aspects. I, I think it was interesting, Mike, that you brought up earlier, you know, caring about and feeling bad for this main character because he does have this like almost comically doofy sense of just like down on his luck, kind of bummed out, but he's like a shy intellectual guy. But I mean... The audition in itself, right, is a pretty scumbag move. <laughs> and he and his buddy are like huge misogynists throughout the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a cool, like, I mean, the retaliation <laughs> to his misogynistic actions is so over the top that you do kind of feel bad for him. Well, and he made it pretty clear, I think, to you what was happening. And she was fine with it so maybe it's weird i it's very complicated yeah 
that's very looked down. He used his power over her. You know, it's there no matter what, you know, even if he diffuses it. They got a woman to take her top off. <laughs> that whole sequence was great. I was like, man, they're nailing this. Like, they're getting their point across perfect with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Asking all these weird questions. Yeah, like, well, did you do a nude scene? Would you have sex on film? You know, all this stuff. And you're just like, wow, these guys. And it's not, re- I mean, the other guy does feel uncomfortable. The main guy feels uncomfortable about it. But his friend is the one who's really like, doing this but i mean either way he's complicit you know just because he's taking advantage of it i did notice a few more things this time around that i I think i you know are both maybe kind of the culture back then in japan at least and like maybe a little misogynistic like um after their first date right he's like hey you want to do this again and she's like oh that would be great when and then pauses and is like oh i'm sorry I forgot my manners. And he's like, yes, I will call you and tell you when. I didn't even really catch a ton of that stuff going through, but you're absolutely right. Like there's a a line that the, the girl says at the end when she's like torturing him. And she was like, I bet you call up girls from your auditions all the time for, for sex or whatever. And I was like, kind of mind blown. Cause I didn't see necessarily from her perspective because the whole movie is filmed through his perspective in this situation. So, yeah, it kind of, I can see how you could watch this again and totally pick up all those other things that I missed, just the way this movie is filmed. Yeah, I mean, especially in, like, today's climate, where this has been kind of the, like, I guess, what the Me Too movement kind of thing, and, like, Harvey Weinstein, all this stuff's coming to light, you know, and it's like, I mean, this stuff has been happening forever, but... I think that that's like the whole point of this movie is just how, you know, like they're uh, using these, you know, the relationship and the, like I said, pulling the wool over people's eyes, using that power dynamic incorrectly, you know, abusing it and stuff like that. Well, another another thing compared to today as well is, I mean, these guys just come up with a dating app basically is what they're doing it's like they don't they don't, they don't got tinder or nothing back then so he's like man i need a quick easy way to find a bunch of women that i'm actually interested in and maybe get to know them right so these guys just come up with the first dating app idea yeah that's true yeah and they like kind of yeah they, they make them write like personal essays so that they he can like use that to his advantage so he knows more about them and you know they're they're looking for like sadder girls is what that one guy says because they're better at some whatever i don't even remember but it's just really kind of skeevy i did yeah i was like wow this is pretty bad (laughs) it's a neat parallel to today not not i'm not saying that using dating apps is bad or anything that's not what i'm getting at i was i thought it was a neat parallel or it's like that's kind of what a lot of people do today now really they get on the app and they've got a lot of people to choose from and then they can probe them with questions or whatever and things like that so it's it's kind of moved a lot of dating has moved in this direction as opposed to it being a lot harder back um in 1999 yeah i Agreed, Dan. I was going to bring up like the dating aspect of this movie too, because, you know, not too long ago I was on dating apps um, and it was kind of freaky and disturbing the way this movie ended being like, oh, wow, I could have talked to somebody who would uh, <laughs> oh, God. Don't do that stuff. Like, you you, <laughs> you would have sawed your foot off with a piano wire? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, not necessarily. I'm not saying I talked to anybody like that, but you just don't know people and it's it's so creepy i mean how i kind of took the ending of this is that she was doing the exact same thing to him that he was doing to her with like falsely you know coming to her with this other thing being a producer on a movie she was fooling him she was reciting the lines that she had like memorized to tell him to make him feel comfortable you know make him oh you're the only person i could talk to i'm all alone you know that kind of thing the way she was repeating that, I was like, man, she just like memorized all that and it was like feeding him lines. She probably does that to everybody, you know, just to get to the next victim. Just like how these producers will feed these girls lines. Well, you know, 
you know, we, well, we're going to get you in for another next audition, but, you know, we might not be able to, you know, like that kind of stuff. I, I thought that was all really interesting as well. Mm-hmm. So uncomfortable. It's interesting, I think, because I felt like our main character, Ayama, I felt that he came off pretty genuine after their first couple dates or whatever, right? Like, I think he made it pretty clear what, that what he was looking for and all that stuff and then and this might have to do with the ending too i'm not really clear what all of asami's whole motive was like i get she's abuse victim and's been pretty messed up since she was a child right and she could just be a serial killer and that's that's fine but i think they were trying i think he was trying to get at something a little bit more with her character and i'm not sure if i picked that up or not the the ending of this really hit me kind of like enemy when we did that where i think it's a little too ambiguous and like you know how how that movie is right i don't think it's i think it's he's purposefully being unclear and i'm i think it was a little too unclear with this one I would agree that it does have some kind of narrative issues, especially when it concerns her backstory. I think her deal is that she, like, from her, you know, traumatic past and abuse has this whole idea of, like, you know, I mean, obviously you probably should be monogamous <laughs> if you're going to be marrying somebody. But, like, earlier, right, the, the, at the, whenever our main character goes and investigates the place she used to work, the bar, and they, the guy who's there is like, ah, oh, we're closing down. The owner was murdered. Something about her lover. And then when Asami sees our main guy's dead wife's photo is when she decides to, like, put paralytics in his whiskey or whatever she's doing to him to kick things off. And it's, it's something about whenever the person she's trying to, like, get with and make her gimp, like, <laughs> has another lover or something. <laughs> I kind of thought she was going to do it either way. I mean, she found the picture, but she was already broken into his house and was, like, there. I felt like she was going to kill him no matter what. I think she was, like, trying to teach him a lesson. Because some of the dialogue she she said, like, he was abusing his power to basically get to her. And she took it that he just wanted, like, sexual relations with her, is how I took it. And she was, like, going to teach him a lesson, like, you do this to girls all the time, so I'm going to make you pay for it. Because she says some dialogue about you find your true self through pain or something like that, which is similar to other movie concepts like Hellraiser. I think that's what i got out of this but it is very ambiguous i can see how you can get many different things because i was kind of struggling trying to figure out what her motive was too it's it's so extreme like it, <laughs> I, i'm i'm having trouble putting my thoughts into words with it since, since we're shown through ayama's perspective the whole time right he he, he came off real genuine with his end goal like i mean i think it was the second date he was pretty much told her yeah i was just doing this so i could uh find someone i was interested in and then she was like okay and then they like kept going out for a, a long time apparently too and so it seems like a real ex i feel like she would have figured out that he wasn't doing what she thought he was like i i feel like she would have realized that before it got to the torture scene right you know like maybe if she did it on the second or third date that would make more sense but it, it's that that's kind of what i'm getting at it, it feels like she a big misconception that shouldn't have happened and that's that's kind of why i'm confused confused about the motive or if if she's just a crazy serial killer that's fine too but it kind of i don't it, it's the way they stru he structures this ending that has me like confused and not in a good way I, I do think she thinks that his wife is still alive and i think that's part of it whenever she sees the photo there i, I really do think that's what kind of sets her into like makes that the day she's gonna kill him 
that would make a lot more sense. But then I'm like, is she just going to kill him the entire time, too? Yes, I think so. I think you're right about that, yeah. I think maybe just the photo sends her into a rage that makes it happen right then. I, I think she's always planning on killing him, yeah. she. I mean, it, yeah, he's sympathetic, because that's not... I don't think he ever really makes it that clear. He says, oh, I don't know if the movie's going to happen. I think he doesn't ever says, oh, I used it to get to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, things fell through. It's in, It's very much implied. <laughs> I think it's like a commentary, though, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he still did wrong. He did a bad thing. And I mean, he seems like a fine guy, but either way, he committed the sin and now he pays. It makes sense to me. You know, it's a horror movie. It's not necessarily supposed to be justified. I don't think, you know, like, yeah, sure. He seems like he's kind of guilty about it, but he still abused his power to get to a woman. And now look where he is. Like, I've never been to Japan. You know, I don't know what the culture is there, but based on their dynamic in this movie... And I guess a lot of animes too. It kind of seems like the girl is just supposed to be happy that a guy wants to marry her. So even if he does just imply maybe that he's not being honest, she's supposed to just accept it and just be glad she's in this situation. Well, she says, yeah, I'm supposed to give my whole life for you, but you would never give your whole life for me. Like, that's Paul, a whole part of it too. That's not fair, though, because he has a kid and stuff like that, too. So so when she said that, I, I, I kind of chalked that up to the abusive stuff in her past taking over there, which, which was I, I don't I don't know why I'm so hung up on it. Like you make a good you make a good point with it. It's being a horror movie. And that's part of the thing is like you don't you don't know about the person you're dating right so yeah they could be a serial killer and then they come into your house and murder you yeah that's a good that's a good thing to do a horror thing off of i guess it's like asami's dialogue during the torture scene and then the really confusing flashbacks question mark that he puts in there too during all that that makes it feel weird and not like that, that, that makes me question it with, like, a critical eye, <laughs> you know? I get what you're saying, Dan. I think um, a lot of this movie is inspired by, like, true crime as well. Because a, a lot of serial killers like to get to really know their victims in different ways. Or they keep mementos or something. It It's very strange and it's creepy. And I think... The fact that we don't have a super clear motive is also part of the point he wanted to make because there's not always a clear motive in these kinds of situations with serial killers and true crime and stuff. That's what keeps a lot of people guessing. It's like, why did they do that? That's completely terrible and they just did it for no reason, apparently. And that's what also makes this super unsettling to me. <laughs> Because it's like these people are walking around us and you don't know. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, and I, I agree with it. But since he focuses so much on that relationship thing, it, it kind of, mm, it doesn't quite work for me on a storytelling perspective. I'll, I'll, I, I think that's a good way to put it. I agree. It is weird, especially how they tell her backstory. I like the visuals and everything in those scenes but it's not super clear exactly what leads to what and that's also part of the unsettling aspect of it but it, it's like a mixed bag because the more you think about it the more you're kind of like hmm or you might like it more the more you think about it so <laughs> it depends yeah yeah for me it all plays into like the themes so well that I at least that I was picking up on that yeah I it's kind of ambiguous, yeah, but just like the way she's talking at the end, it is, yeah, the, like that cycle of abuse kind of thing and the the abuse of the power structure, like the patriarchy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which that's all good in this. Um, I'm not knocking that. I just, with these types of movies, there's a lot of directors who get real caught up in their themes sometimes and then that gets the better of them when they're making the movie. And I don't know if that happened in this one or I don't, I'm just taking it off of what I saw when I watched it, you know, but a, a lot of it has to do with that, 
those flashbacks, I think. That's just so confusing. Like, I really didn't like that he showed us different scenes at the start uh, of their dates. And then during the flashback, we get to see what really happened there. That that just, like, confused me and felt cheap. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it could be different dates, too. I was kind of confused by that, too. But it also could be, you know, like, he's been given a lot of signs to stay away from this woman by his friend yeah. and other people. <laughs> yeah. And it, it kind of makes sense, you know, like, oh, he's only hearing the things that he liked, which is what she's repeating at the very end of the movie. He's like, oh, I'm all alone. I don't have anybody to talk to. I want to see you again, all that kind of stuff. And he just completely blindsides everything that he, he just buys. He doesn't it. hear. Yeah, that's what. That's kind of how I took it. I mean, you can take it multiple ways, though. I was kind of like, is this multiple like dates? Is they just go back to the same place? Because even within that date, they're jumping through time. It's you know, like going to different restaurants and stuff. I guess you know, back when I first watched this, that was my biggest issue and remains my biggest issue with it. But the more I think about it, the more I kind of like it. Like you said, TV there. <laughs> I think my theory now is that, like, I don't know, you guys probably do this. I do this all the time. You know, you like run through scenarios in your head, you know, worst case scenarios, maybe a conversation with your boss, right? And I think a lot of these weird flashbacks or flash forwards or dream sequences are him just running scenarios in his head. Mm, yeah, that could be. I have another theory, Fox, that I just thought of. I think... So the way the main character is presented in this is he's just this lonely person looking for love. And he has a line where he's like, I'm going to take things slow. But what does he do when he finds somebody he's interested in? <laughs> the complete opposite. I think, yeah, part of that is he's just out of his mind. You know, we, we've been there. You, you fall in love and you completely forget everything. All the triggers and warning signs don't matter. And I think that like montage flashback scene is him putting two and two together hey these are bad red flags that i should have seen but it is presented in a very strange way because i don't think he ever saw her place and he like never saw the guy in the bag and like those disturbing scenes where she like throws up and feeds the guy her vomit like that's just disgusting and disturbing i he wouldn't have seen that right like, he never went to her place. He only went to the dance academy and met the the uncle, who was very creepy. That's kind of what I, yeah, mean. Like, he's, like, running, like, worst-case scenario, who could this woman be in his head? Yeah, and that makes sense. He's maybe, like, realizing, oh, hey, I should have listened to everybody. This isn't kosher. <laughs> I need to, like, cut ties and get out. That makes a lot more sense, I think. I like ambiguity in films when it's handled appropriately, but a lot of films just do it to do it, right? They're like, ooh, I'm ambiguous. I'm so cool, you know? It, that's what I don't like when films are ambiguous. I don't think this strays that far. I think it rides the line, though, a little bit with that. I... I I just wish it was a linear story. Like his 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 story's good enough. His actors are good enough. He doesn't need to have some crazy, ambiguous, out of order thing at the end. Just put it in a linear thing. You know, I I just don't get why. I'm like, why would you do that and just make it confusing when you could just do it the normal way and be completely fine with it? You know, like he could still even have like while he's fallen down him flashing back to all the red flags and being like oh crap i should have listened to everybody he could still have that in there you know but just i don't know put it in order <laughs> i was very worried for a hot second when he woke back up in that bed that all that was gonna be a dream <laughs> oh that would have been a a worse cop out than the cop out we had already <laughs> in this movie yeah, I, for me, I, I like the the ambiguity, and it adds a little bit more like unease, I guess, just because I don't exactly know what's going on. Because I think he is kind of unreliable perspective as well, because he is so like head over heels obsessive almost with this girl, and it's just kind of I I, I kind of like the weird like and like we were talking about earlier, like the weird cuts and stuff. It just added like an atmosphere to the movie that I was just like, oh, kind of like 
shook me for a second. Like, this is just, something's off. Something's weird. It already had that atmosphere, though. <laughs> yeah, but you it know? just adds more to it. I like how they add it to it, so. I think it adds to the themes. I mean, you could almost see it as, like, whenever he does have a weird flashback, maybe he's, you know, manifesting his guilt over moving on from his dead wife, or the big fake-out with his son being attacked in the end. Maybe he feels guilty that his own lust put his son in danger. You know, it's like it could be so many things. I, I do think it wouldn't be that without the flashbacks. Yeah, it, I just wish it was shorn up more, I guess, put in more linear order. I feel like this is the ambiguity arguments, the one thing I always argue with TV over in these. I know. It, I, I just, I like it, but I don't want to be confused, you know? Yeah. And I, I like a little confusion, you know, I, I don't I, mind. I don't like, 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 I think Annihilation, I don't like the end of that movie, but I think that does a good job of being ambiguous, but still getting the points and what happens across, you know, this movie kind of in the middle for me, I think, because I was still really confused after watching it. To me, that means that he could have done it better if I'm still a bit confused. I I get what you're saying, Dan. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe if you watched it again, though, you might pick up more and more stuff. Might be one of those movies. Yeah, it was better the second time, but it's hard to watch more than once. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could watch this one again. Um, that's why I was saying I like wanted more time to process it. I wish I would have watched this movie like three days in advance so I had more time to think about it and process and maybe read some about it. Maybe that's my issue too. I'm, let me clarify my, my stance some more too here. I don't think that a movie has to spell everything out for you, right? That's not what I'm getting at. It, it It's such a hard thing to talk about. I, it They don't need to spell it out for you, but it needs to not be so ambiguous that you don't know what the heck's going on, too, I think. that's It's a hard line to ride or stay on. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Dan. We're just all at different points on this movie, it seems. <laughs> different opinions, yeah, that's all. What do you... I, I was curious since you um, brought it up. What do you guys all think about the argument that, oh, you need to watch the movie a second time to really get what it's doing? What do you guys think about that argument? Because for me, I don't, I don't think that's like a great way to get somebody to like a movie any more than what they do i'm like if if they can't get it across then the initial viewing i don't think you should have to watch it again because that's like that's something i see a lot online with movies it's like oh the second time you watch it it's gonna really blow your mind or you're really gonna get it that that time and i kind of disagree with that viewpoint i would say it depends i mean the movie has to be good enough for you to want to watch it a second time i think also, I mean, it does depend, because I rewatch movies sometimes that I didn't like the first time, and I do actually like them the second time. So I, I think the argument can be true. Like, it, it does really depend, but it's just, you know, well, if you're willing to go with it or not, you know. Like, the movies, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess you just have to be a weird person to want to watch something you didn't like to begin with again, <laughs> like me, but... Well, if it's been a long time, I think that that that's a little bit different. I, I, I guess I'm talking about, like, I watched something on Monday, and then they're like, ah, oh, you gotta watch it again to really get it. So I watch it on Tuesday, or watch it within the same week again, you know, just because I'm like, okay, maybe I missed something, right? That That's more of what I'm getting at. I do think doing this show has kind of flopped my opinion on that, because yeah, I used to be like, if you can't get it across in one, in one showing, you know, how is it a good movie? But, you know, we've done a lot of movies, or even even bigger stuff like like The Shining, right? I don't think it's fair or reasonable to assume that a person could see all the stuff in The Shining on the first viewing. It's still a good movie on the first viewing, but there is like definitely a lot more substance you can get from subsequent viewings. Yeah, and I mean, there's some movies that I just totally don't get. And like, I, if I had watched them more and more times, I might understand it. But like, if there's a movie I don't get and I Google it and it's like, oh, wow, there was actually a lot going on with this. Maybe this was actually better than I thought. Like, if I went by that, like, philosophy, I guess, I would, and I didn't have the internet to access, you know, I would never have watched some <laughs> of these movies that are actually 
pretty deep and maybe, you know, weird at first, but make more sense after you've like analyzed it. Um, I guess it's just, yeah, what you prefer as a viewer, you know? It really depends, I think. Like for me, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie again just because it like disturbed me um, pretty good at the end and made me feel so unnerving. But for different movies, I'll watch them again, no problem. So it, it really depends, I think. Yeah, I'm more in the camp that Fox used to be in where I'm like, if they if they can't get the thing across at the initial viewing, then I think that's a problem with the filmmaking itself. I don't think a movie should require you to watch it multiple times to get it or enjoy it even. And I'm not saying that this takes a second viewing to get it or anything, because honestly, I don't think it does. I was just, you, you said something while we were talking about it, Terry, and that reminded me. I was like, ah, I wanted to discuss that on here. Yeah, too. right. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good topic. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think about it too much. Yeah, I mean, and the thing for me, yeah, I, I, I kind of lean towards you, Dan, where it's like, if I didn't like it to begin with, then I'm gonna have a hard time going back and watching it, even if someone tells me that. But with a movie like this, where I did actually like it, I think I would pick up more stuff. It's like Hot Fuzz, you know, like I catch new things when I watch that movie every single time, like little tiny jokes and stuff. It just gets better. That's kind of what I meant earlier. It's like it just I think it like things get more clear. You pick up on more details, just like with anything when you do more like a repetition. I And I agree with that, too. And like Fox brought up with The Shining. Yeah, that thing's that movie's packed with all kinds of goodies that you'll get the more you watch it, too. I will say getting back to the story. um. I wonder if he's even getting married for the right reasons, though. You know, I don't know if he really wants to get married or if he feels some sort of like pressure from like his son because his son just kind of randomly brings it up one day. Maybe it's just because because that's how like, you know, the typical family, you got to have a wife, a husband, kids, you know, and he's I think that's kind of what kicks it off. It's not because he feels lonely. I think he feels pretty happy with his son just going fishing. He's pretty successful in his job. He's a little tired, you know, but. He's doing okay. He, I don't feel like this thought ever really crossed his mind until his son was like, hey, you should get married again. And he's like, oh, right. Maybe it looks a little weird with me just all by myself. I, th I think he might have like an epiphany towards the beginning when his son asked that question. And I think he might realize that he's not a great father. Because <laughs> like his son is pretty independent and even kind of fathers his father sometimes, you know. Like towards the end when the son goes out of the house to stay the night and he's like, hey, dad, just checking in. Make sure you eat dinner and please remember to feed the dog. Like, it's pretty clear that he probably did, you know, you know, and, and you know, rightfully, fairly so, you know, kind of shut down after his wife died and his son probably had to fend for himself a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a single dad. So, yeah, I'm sure there's like struggles with that. But I don't know. It's just interesting. It feels like I, to me, it felt like he was more pressured into it almost. It's another one of those gender role um, things that this movie does a good job covering and addressing, right? Um, it's not all about female gender roles in Japanese society. We get some with the male gender roles, too. It's great. We get a little bit of both sides, and that helps flesh it out a lot, which I like. I think that's probably my favorite thing about this was the deconstructing the gender roles there is a lot to this movie. There's quite a few layers if you look for them. Like, it does a lot. Um, I was reading some reviews because I couldn't really... For me, the, like, ending stuff sticks in my brain so much. I haven't had time to process, like, the rest of the movie super well. Because, like I said, this movie did disturb me with the violence and stuff at the end. I don't like needles, and there's a lot of needle action. And the wire sawing off of that guy's foot was too much i had to take a break so like this that stuff is all at the forefront of my mind but like some of the reviews i was saying was like how well he transitions between like comedy and drama and romance in this movie and then it all builds up to this horror ending so like there is a lot of stuff in this movie and they do a lot of different like commentaries a lot of different styles it it's pretty intense everything this movie does 
but it's going to be remembered for the ending <laughs> like it yeah. is for me. <laughs> Man, I got that spoiled for me. I watched this on Shudder with the needle stuff. It was like, it has the super long synopsis, and I just caught like the end of it that was like, but once the needles come out, there ain't no turning back. And I was like, the needles, huh? And then I was waiting the whole movie for the needles to show up. <laughs> come on, Shudder. <laughs> nice. It's so disturbing. She like puts the needles in him and then she like sits on him and then puts some in his eye, like the skin under his eyes. Uh, oh, yeah. And the way she it's... just gets deeper, deeper, deeper. She's not even flinching. So, you know, like, well, we know from the story that she's done this before, but she's kind of doing it like an art form because she's got her tools all laid out. She's got everything set up. Yeah. Her performance is really good in this. All everybody's acting in this is awesome, but yeah, her performance is so creepy. She does a great job. I don't think Ayama was quite over his wife yet too. in this. I think the, the torture at the end, um, and all the flashbacks he's having of his wife being like, don't date this woman. Or not flashbacks, but, you know, visions or whatever. I think that all is symbolic of that pretty well. I think he was rushing into it, yeah. I think he the pain revealed who he really was, what he was thinking about. <laughs> it's, that was interesting. I, so there was some other stuff in there, too, with, like, his coworker, his underling, was, like, he had sexual relations with her in that flashback. Um, I don't know if that actually happened or not. And then there's... His, I think so. Yeah, okay, that's... That's what I kind of thought, too. It was like a mistake, a one-time thing. But either way, it goes back to that weird power, uh, abusive power kind of thing. And then his son's girlfriend, like, he's, like, having weird thoughts about her is kind of how I took it, too. There's, like, a scene with her in it. That was, like, yeah, the pain was really <laughs> showing him some weird stuff. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this guy is underneath it. He is kind of a little skeezy himself, even if he doesn't want to admit it. That was a good scene. I, I like that. That was very uncomfortable and was good at showing um okay a little bit more about the main character maybe the guy's just such a so so good at acting like i liked him i was very sympathetic to him maybe he was just maybe he was too good at that and i didn't <laughs> notice like all the like skeeviness because to me he didn't seem that bad but maybe i'm just thinking of that dude from uh leviathan when i'm thinking of skeevy <laughs> oh, yeah i mean you know, i've had like four or five months to sit on this and i mean at first i was pretty sympathetic and the more i've thought about it the more i'm like mm, he does a lot of not okay things and has a lot of weird thoughts <laughs> yeah but it still seems a bit well, it's a bit extreme. He doesn't deserve his too. fate, mind you. Right. Yeah, we're not no. I'm not justifying murder by any means. Yet. Oh no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like we were saying earlier, I think. It's a lot of from his perspective, mostly. Like he wouldn't say this to you know, he doesn't see himself this way either until he starts being tortured and stuff and he kind of realizes everything at once, but you know, he's just yeah, he sees himself like we see him, and you know, he maybe he's like, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable with this, and we're like, yeah, you know, it's a little weird, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. You know, I think that's probably another point to this movie, too, that I hadn't thought of yet. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot more layers the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, wow. Some interesting stuff he he does in this, I think, which I really, I like to think about. Guys are all selling me on this movie even more. <laughs> Last thing I'll bring up about the story is the ending of it really felt cheap when the son kicked her down the stairs <laughs> and she did the the comical like fly <laughs> off the top and it just busts her neck. He did kick her like an anime character. Yep. That felt real abrupt and cheap to me and i i'm i didn't like it <laughs> i like the end when she's talking to him and reciting all her stuff and he's realizing it that was good but i think he could have gotten to that without it feeling cheap <laughs> it, it did feel pretty cheesy i guess and if you saw that scene out of context it would probably be pretty goofy but i mean she is a like a really tiny person so i guess i could see her 
flying a little bit, but not as much as she did. Yeah, it was it was pretty overdone. I did go like, oh, when she did get kicked. <laughs> I was, yeah, I kind of liked it. It was just so over the top. Yeah. So what I read, and I don't know if this is true, but I read that he wanted to end the movie when she starts to torture him. But the producers were like, no, no, you got to finish the movie. <laughs> Man, that would have been great way to end it, I think. But, you know, this is going to sound weird. But, you know, he spent all that time, like the torture things, like 15 minutes of this movie. He spent all that time building it up. And all we got was like some needles and a foot taken off. You know, I'm like, uh. he, he was committing so hard. And then he like cheaped out and just killed her off. I was like, you're going to do that after you committed so hard on this torture thing? I was kind of happy relieved to see her get her end, honestly. I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I am with you, Dan. It's always, I, I like it. So, you know, if there, there doesn't always have to be a happy ending. You know, that's not how life is. I'm glad I got it in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say that. I'm glad. I still didn't feel very happy, I must say. At the that end. is true. He's missing a foot. <laughs> Something I noticed and was like one of my favorite parts of this movie was the cinematography. I think it was really well done in a lot of places. I've got some more visual moments. Ooh. One of my favorite ones was really early into the movie. It wasn't even scary at all. It was just the camera was framed behind the dad while he was doing the dishes in like this beat up kitchen. And it just looked like such a sad scene. Like you could tell how lonely this guy was doing the dishes alone in the dark in this beat up kitchen. I thought that was pretty cool. And also when Asami was randomly in this snowy nature area peeking behind a tree at the camera, that was so creepy. And I mean, all the like dance house stuff was super creepy as well. But I also liked... The chair just sitting, the audition chair, sitting alone in that room, and they slowly were, like, closing the blinds behind it. I don't know. There was a lot of really cool shots in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very good. I think I think my favorite part was how he did the passage of time when they were on their dates. I was like, that was real cool. Like, it's all within the same conversation and then they like pulls out from them and you see everybody's gone or they're just talking and then like <laughs> they're at a new location. I was like, that's a really neat, clever way to showcase the passage of time without like, you know, having a different thing conversation at every single place and having to establish all that and everything. And it was creepy, I thought. Just like the quick cut. Like, cause yeah, they're in like a packed restaurant first, and then they cut back and it's like all empty. And you're just like, uh, what just happened? Cause it's all in the same conversation, like you're saying. And it's just, and then yeah, they cut again and you're in a totally different location. You're just, I, I, I found it really unsettling, even. I was just like, this is bizarre. I really liked it. Yeah, the cinematography definitely complements like the atmosphere and themes of this movie, I think. What'd you guys think of the music in this? It was it really matched the way he like kind of shift tones, I thought, where like sometimes it was really like just kind of drama-y, melancholy, and then everyone there's like a creepy like tinge of horror every once in a while, but then like the piano notes that I was like, eh, something just feels off to me all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, I honestly I, I do kind of feel like the music kind of took a back seat for me on this one. The like the stuff at the beginning with the goofy bouncy music was it was fine. I mean it was funny. <laughs> I wasn't wowed. But you are right, TV. It does do like a little creepy piano. I don't know what you call that. Jingle riff sometimes. But I wonder if I feel like I've maybe been a little burned out on creepy pianos. Oh, no. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there was like a choir piece, too, I thought was pretty good. I can't really remember when they did it, but I remember thinking it was pretty cool. I I liked it a lot, too. I do play piano, so I'm biased, but it felt like... Like you're chilling, you go on a date to a fancy restaurant and they've got the piano player in the background doing his thing. It sort of felt a lot like to me um, until the creepy stuff, of course. And that was good, too. 
But the other thing I noticed too was the guy says at the start, he's like, he likes piano music. He wanted a, a wife who was accomplished, like a pianist or something. Don't know how I didn't put those together, but that's a great point. <laughs> it's better to have someone who's classically trained, is what he says, yeah. I didn't think about the music connection to that, you know? Man, look at you guys. Hmm, so we ready for some overall presentation on audition then? We auditioning for... Run the real scores, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's auditioning for us. How will we rate it? It's already auditioned. Now it needs to find out where it ranked. But yeah, we got a scale we use to rate these movies that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give a little spiel, a little summary of what we think, and then, yeah, figure out where it stands for each of us. So, um, you know, usually we like to pick randomly. Um, but, you know, I, was, I thought about doing a little more like a diplomatic process. So I actually kind of like reached out to like a bunch of people. It's like, hey, maybe somebody else wants to go first this time. So I, I kind of held my own little audition. And I finally, you know, I, I narrowed it down to one person and we were just like chatting and talking, you know, we, this was a process that took several weeks. So, I, you know, I was like, we're just hanging out, chatting, having a good time. And then I was like, man, I think this might be the one, the one who actually gets to go first. And then suddenly a realization hit me. It was Mike the whole time. Ooh. And Mike said, <laughs> you expect me to go first? Good, because I will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying this, but I'll, I'll do it. I'll go ahead. It was, it's for the audition, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this movie was kind of a weird one for me. Um, it does many things masterfully, like we've talked about all throughout this. And one of these things uh, Takashi Miike did so masterfully was he drew me in. He made me care about this lonely guy trying to find love. And then I got to watch him horribly get tortured. And <laughs> it was very disturbing for me to watch. And you guys have, like pointed out all these things i missed like how he was abusing his power it's like commentary on the movie business and how they treat women and stuff like that this movie does a lot of stuff but for me it's like a movie that i would put that i watched on letterbox but not rate it because i don't know how i could rate this movie I think I need more time to process it. So maybe if we like come back to it in a year, I can put something <laughs> on the category. The <laughs> but I also don't want to rewatch this. So I'm like abstaining. I'm just going to say I watched it. And those are my thoughts. <laughs> this has been a good category, boys. I've had very different reviews for everyone so far. So that's good. A lot of variety. Well, you know, I, as I've mentioned a couple of times, I watched this one a few months ago, and I've been, I've actually been mulling over it quite a bit. And I, I think TV summed up my feelings over those few months pretty well, way back at the beginning of this review, when he said, I like it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have sold me. This this has been, I think, a genuinely fun review, for me at least. I mean, I always have a good time, but this was actually really fun to talk about, and I'm glad we did. I have even more appreciation for this movie. You know, from what I've read, it sounds like it was pretty influential to Western kind of gore and torture porn, and I think that in itself is a merit. But as a movie, I think it's pretty phenomenal now. I was dreading watching it a second time. I'm not going to say it's in the same category as, like, Requiem for a Dream, but it is disturbing. But it wasn't as bad the second time around, so maybe I just have a weaker constitution than I thought I did. I think you have all convinced me that I should give this one a buy based on our review here. You know, I do have some minor issues with the narrative and the way it's presented. But ultimately, there is just so much going on in this movie and so much to think about and so many ways to interpret it that I don't know how I couldn't own it. So it's a buy from Fox. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, the more we've talked about, the more I really do. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's interesting it's not as extreme as I expected it to be, which is probably for the best because that Masters of Horror short movie I watched was not my type of movie. And I was worried that this was going to be the same way. Um, and it's not. It actually has like layers to it, meaning there's a point to the violence, I think. And it builds up to it really well as well. I think that's my favorite part about this movie is how it builds up from, yeah, almost just like a, 
almost rom-com-y like setup rom-com drama style thing to finding its way into a really dark horror movie um and i think it's almost yeah i would say masterfully done it's kind of vague at times but i I like that kind of thing um and yeah i don't know yeah the more i think about the more i like it i think i'm gonna give it a buy as well uh i really did like it and i kind of want to watch it again so maybe i will yeah so this was an interesting movie for sure it's not your traditional horror film most of it's actually a relationship drama until you get to the end but there's some horror sprinkled in there too which is nice it's got a lot of layers to it um that has some pretty good deconstructions of the traditional family structure gender roles in society dating in relationships, dealing with trauma in your past and abuse. There's just a, a huge list that this movie covers, and it does a pretty good job with most of it. I don't like how he structured the end very much. Um, I think it's more confusing than it needs to be. But I also don't think that it strays into the category of being confusing or ambiguous just to be confusing or ambiguous you know and they do cheap out at the end i think when they kick asami down the stairs <laughs> even though that was pretty funny um so it's a bizarre mixture of some dark humor and some real pressing topics that make you think and keep you thinking afterwards i don't know how often I would actually watch this movie. I think once is maybe enough on it, but I'm not sure. And it's going to make my next uh, thing that I say sound weird, but I'm going to give it a buy it as well, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Even with all the problems I had with it, it did enough right that I think it warrants owning it. It's earned a place in your collection if ever the opportunity arises. Yep. Which I don't even know if I can buy this. It's got an arrow release. Yeah, I saw it had an arrow release, so I don't... Some of those are pretty hard to get now. Oh, maybe it's... Yeah, maybe it's sold out. Yeah, hopefully it's not, because I might have to pick that up. I don't know if I'd show anybody this either, but... Yeah, that's where I was... Like, land. I was like, I don't know if I should recommend anybody go watch this without <laughs> knowing what they're getting into. As long as I knew what they were into and that kind of stuff, then I'd recommend it. Like, yeah, I'd have to know their taste. It depends on the taste of the person. Yeah, you got to know. Do they like, do they watch a lot of movies? Are they willing to be challenged with their viewing some? This, this would be a good challenge viewing, I think, because it's really, it's not, the the gore is really not that bad, I will say. It it's it's a lot worse in other movies, but it's the circumstance and the build up that makes it more effective. So it it's it's one of those types of movies. I'm not gonna go out and say, Hey, my coworker likes movies. I like you should watch audition give that a watch no 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 this ain't that movie <laughs> this, this is the movie that you watch when you you got a girl over for your first date that's when you i'm kidding don't do that <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah yeah that's one of, this is one of those movies that you like wait till the right opportunity once you know for sure that they'll they won't like be as severely offended that i recommended this you know <laughs> <laughs> Which i feel like it's not good that we have to talk about it like that yeah i mean some movies are meant for different people so i mean it's kind of like, you know, in music, like death metal. I wouldn't just go around telling somebody to go listen to Cannibal Corpse. But, <laughs> you know, if I knew they liked that kind of stuff already, then I would say, yeah, you should check this out. But it's just an extreme genre of film. And like I said, I don't feel like it's... It is, like, gnarly. I don't want to make it sound like it's not, but I was honestly expecting much worse just from that one thing I watched before. So that probably helped me a little bit, too. Yeah, that, that's... That's what I was expecting, too, because, um, well, because of one of his other movies that I know of that I don't want to see. That's kind of what I was expecting from this, too. 
So, uh, Mike, I think you're next. What you got for us for our J-Horror finale? Well, I have picked the third movie in this series unknowingly until a few <laughs> minutes ago. Um, Juwan the Grudge. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's okay. This is the first Juwan movie I watched, so I started here as well. I've always heard about it, and I didn't know there was two other movies till just now, so... <laughs> There's like six more. <laughs> well, we're starting here because we can actually watch it. The other two are currently unavailable to watch for us, I guess, unless on a different service, but... You can YouTube it, I think, but... that Yeah, who knows? They could, those could disappear at any moment. So we're going to do Juon the Grudge, 2004. This looks creepy. I'm looking at the pictures on IMDb, and oh boy, oh boy. I'm, I'm excited to revisit this one, yeah. This is going to be challenging viewing for Dane, <laughs> I think. We'll see. You can do it, Dan. Does it have jump scares in it? It's not too bad with that, no. It's more, it's it's a lot like, yeah, more slower paced and kind of overwhelming sense of fear. I think there might be a couple, but nothing too crazy. That's good. In the meantime, if any of your listeners out there want to get in contact with us, uh, let us know your thoughts about Audition or any of the other movies we've watched, any like J-horror stuff that you like. I want to hear all this stuff. Find us on Facebook at Run The Real or Twitter at Run The Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts about Audition. Did you like it? Is it too weird? Did it leave you feeling confused and unsure? I want to know all this stuff. Are you even going to watch <laughs> after hearing that review? <laughs> or did you hear the spoiler warning, go watch it, and then come back and regret your decision? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Anyways, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.